We would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of this land. We pay our respect to elders past and present, to the future generations keeping the songlines alive, and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are listening. I'm Lauren Taylor. And I'm Simon Winkler. You're listening to City Central by Red Bull. We're passionate music fans and broadcasters based in Melbourne. Over six episodes, we look into the past, present and future of this global music city and meet a small selection of artists, labels, collectives and pioneers making Melbourne such a dynamic place. We'll be asking the questions, who are the people and what are the places that form a strong musical community? How do you create space for a safer, more inclusive scene? And how do we acknowledge a country's history in music? If we can't appreciate the first peoples of a land while we're on their land, then how can we truly appreciate anything else? If that is not the first port of call in terms of how you connect to the musical power of that particular landscape, then I think we've got the script all messed up and not properly structured. Neil Morris, musician, broadcaster, community leader and recording artist also known as Dreaming Now. How do we begin to acknowledge and honour a country's history in music? My name is Neil Morris. I'm a Yodiota man. I grew up on Yodiota country in a very beautiful, small, red gum surrounded town by the beautiful waters of Kayla, the township by the name of Marupano and Clitheran clan country on Yodiota country. In this episode, Neil Morris and Alice Skye, proud Wagaya Wemba Wemba woman, talk about a new generation of First Nations artists and the messages that need to be shared and heard through music. They reflect on the first time they met and the changes they've seen. It was at Songlines mm. Aboriginal Music Corporation about four years ago, thereabouts. Yeah, at that time, there wasn't necessarily really like this scene of Indigenous music that has kind of bubbled up in the past few years, which obviously Alice has been a big part of and now includes so many other amazing artists and Certainly for myself, I was like in a process of trying to find the other amazing Indigenous people. I come across Alice's music and I was like, wow, I need to know more about who Alice is as a person and what's driving her. I certainly was like, this sister's going to be a star. I'm just here sitting here <laughs> and I'm like thinking back to like, you know, a few years ago when Alice and I first connected and how it's just actually an utterly incredible transformation that's taken place in that time overall, let alone the individual transformations that have occurred in that time, which mm. we're speaking about, you know, quite a few people. And then when you consider, you know, beyond just music, but other First Nations people finding their power and their voice through various arts platforms and various cultural platforms and even just leadership platforms within community that that whole span of time has just been breathtaking really mm. to be a part of that um, just as an Indigenous person um, let alone somebody who's gifted to be able to share music with a lot of people it's kind of it's quite surreal to be honest. Yeah yeah I really felt it at Big Sound this year mm. um, first time I went there I think was three years ago and I didn't really know anybody there. 
and there wasn't a huge amount of mob on the lineup or that I knew personally so I felt like pretty alone and pretty afraid um, and then I went this year just as to attend not playing which was fun and there was the First Nations house like a hub for First Nations people to go to and I just thought wow that's you know and that's Alethea Bitson um, doing you know such great work building these safe spaces for us to go to and it does just change so much about your experience with the festival to feel acknowledged and to feel seen and valued, which is not something that young First Nations people might experience very often. So, it, yeah, it just changes your time somewhere dramatically. Um, mm. I thought that was so cool. And you played, like, I don't know, 20 shows <laughs> in a day. <laughs> Too many shows. You were in demand, Neil. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, as, as Alice said, yeah, it was incredible, wasn't it? Like for me as a performer to be amidst like a collective of 12, I think, First Nations artists. And then not only that, but also people who'd performed there previously, such as Alice, and, you know, people like Jimbler, Emily, uh, Wurramara, other amazing First Nations people who'd, who'd been there before and just wanted to be a part of, you know, connecting and being a part of that buzz of, you know, this, this movement that they're all a part of as well. It's just, yeah, it's phenomenal. Alice Skye and Neil Morris also reflect on the impact their music has had on each other. I think there's just such a staunchness and like you know exactly what you want to say in your songs and you're saying it and I think when I listen to your music I just feel so sure. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, obviously, like I'm a proud black woman. Like when I listen to those songs and especially being at your shows when people are like, you know, yelling along to like you're on Indigenous land or, like, Australia does not exist and they're just these things that I've always felt but never been in spaces where other people are feeling that with me and I think I just always leave your shows feeling so empowered and just, like, things are moving forward and happening. I think that's so special that you can do that. If I could say there's one thing I really want to get out of a a musical experience is probably a sense of beauty, a sense of grace, a sense of magic. I really want to be enchanted. Yeah, there's something in Alice's music that for me was just very transformational. It's very uh, centering, very grounding and very elevating. You know, it's kind of all the things I could really want in terms of a, a spiritual experience being delivered to me by another First Nations person. So um, that that's what really you know, got me basically from the first time I ever heard your music, Alice Skye. For lyrics, Alice Skye draws inspiration from the past. We asked how language, storytelling, music and identity might have been connected for Alice growing up. It wasn't so much connected. They weren't sort of one thing for me growing up. They were two very different things. I've always known and taught to be proud of who I am as a Wagaya and Wemba Wemba person. But my identity is something that has grown so much throughout my life and music is definitely something that's aided that happening but they weren't necessarily like the one thing at the beginning or something. I didn't have songs sung in my language to me as a young person so I'm now learning my language so that I can do that. They're the same, they're like one place together but also two very separate things that are, have come together over time as well but I'm working on my second album at the moment and 
strongly considering singing in language in one of the songs because I have written a song using my language. But it's just something that feels so incredibly personal and so important to me that I've sort of put it off for a very long time because um, I want it to, I just want to do it right. Yeah, it's more than just words. It's something that's, you know, goes back so far in my family and to these people that I respect and love so much. So I want to use the words in a way that properly shows that. Neil, um, your recent single, Ancestors, is an ode to country, the old people and knowledge. Could you tell us more about how this particular song came to be and, and the stories you're sharing? Yeah, there were a few factors that really came into that particular piece. So the two prior tracks that I released to that, I guess I felt that they had a certain sense of like a hard edge or a hard edge-ish sort of feeling to them. And I kind of saw the ancestors in releasing it. It was effectively like a part C of a three-piece opus, if you will. You know, I'm a very sensitive person, I guess. I'm a very soft person who does love beautiful things, who does love mysterious things, who does love the fact that, that I have a beautiful country two hours um, down the road in a beautiful place called Yorta Yorta Country, Calithraban clan area. And there's a great blessing that I have that I was actually raised on those countries as a great spirit that, you know, for me, I've been infused with that is a gift from being raised on those landscapes and having such a profound connection and even though this genre of music I'm doing is defined as as hip-hop and it has all these connotations surrounding it the one thing that the one reason that I resisted hip-hop for a very long time was a feeling that I wasn't sure if I could hold my you know stronger sense of identity as a First Nations person to the table in being what people would like to call a hip-hop artist you know, for me, there was always a yearning, particularly after releasing um, Indigenous Land in Australia, does not exist the two first pieces under the Dreaming Now project, that the, the next track absolutely was, it was going to be something that had a bit more softness to it and that meant that I could hold my stronger sense of what I feel to be my spiritual identity, but within the format of hip-hop. I feel like it was a blessing in disguise because this particular track got prompted um, by a bad experience. So I was performing and Master Ace was headlining this event, the legendary MC, and um, Emphor Jones was about to go on next after us. And it was just a, like an incredible show of, you know, one of the greats from here, one of the greats of, you know, the, the home of hip hop. It was just like, wow, what an incredible thing to be a part of. And... And during part of that performance, I was practicing an acknowledgement of country and there was some abuse that actually came from the audience and that abuse ended up, you know, going on to some Indigenous people in the audience and it was just a, a really horrendous experience to see that, that severe lack of respect for indigeneity within a hip-hop space. So I ended up Going home that night and that's where ancestors came from. Dallas Woods is a Noongar man from the East Kimberley, now based in Melbourne. A connection to home, a connection to those who paved the way, and a vision for what's ahead are key to his work in music and dance. Dallas reflects on the difference between Wyndham and Melbourne. 
you know, I love where I'm from. I've not been shy about that. And remember all the things that I miss about it now. So just the whole connection of community, the openness of, you know, wilderness, like being able to walk into your backyard and the backyard is just like ranges and rivers. And, uh, you know, they both... They're very, very on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know? One has traffic lights and you don't even know who your neighbour is and the other one just has crocodiles and you know every single person in the town, you know? So is there a difference within the lifestyle and just the access? You get to a lot more things like, you know, you drive, oh, like jump on a train, you go into the city, the cinemas, there's a museum. But if you drive 100 kilometres from Wyndham, you end up nowhere like it's just crazy the whole like and the amount of people like yeah like in a shopping center there's more people in a shopping center than there is at home and even just the difference in cultures and you know different religions down here you you really do find out more about the world but still being in australia so that's that's a blessing dallas is an artist but also a mentor who famously took baker boy under his wing back in 2014 he tells us about the importance of passing along tradition and the keeping of ancient songlines in modern times. Songline is important in every culture and aspect, you know, so the passing of knowledge through language and storytelling is an amazing thing for everyone to learn about, but also a very important and vital thing, you know, in the Aboriginal culture from all different clans and walks around Australia, you know. Generations have passed you know, knowledge from dancing, local dances, through, through songline, through language, you know, and to know that the next generation still value that is like it's warming for the elders, it's warming for us, you know, the middle generation is also a good way to show the new generation that it is still here and we can actually keep it in a modern society to the point where it's still ancient, but it's still living. You know, Aboriginal music is in really safe hands at the moment, and that's in all genres and aspects, so... You know, there's exciting times. There's so much more acts that you can go and see from all all over Australia that are spreading different messages, but all want that one goal. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are not Aboriginal helping that happen. And, you know, coming together as what we call Australia and what we wanted Australia to be, you know, a unified country where people could all come together and there was no discrimination. And... When I'm talking about like the bigger changes, I think, you know, we're just going to have to wait till they happen because everything's a conversation and that's, that's all it can be until someone's it falls on the right ears and we just got to continue to have those conversations. An artist sharing festival stages with Dallas Woods and Baker Boy is Rebecca Hatch from Campbelltown in Western Sydney. Her next show in Melbourne is at the Red Bull Music Festival. So my mum's Samoan, Pacific Islander, and my dad's Aboriginal and he's... Camilleroy Radri. So, yeah, growing up, both of my heritages are really strongly rooted in art and and music. I think growing up it was like it was kind of interesting because I once I like I'd be eating certain type of food and like a lot of my cousins would be here or I'd be like dancing, dancing um, with my Samoan family and singing Samoan songs, um, and then like the other side of my family would be doing like same thing but just completely different music different food um yeah so it's just really interesting to grow up with that but overall I think they both just really influenced me um to do music and just to express myself sometimes I can feel like there's a responsibility but I feel like I um I kind of just 
me just being able to do music as someone that's a coloured person, that's Indigenous and someone and is from Western Sydney and I'm a female. I think that's that's a statement in itself and I want to be able to do things just so that other people like me can see me and, you know, be able to um, be inspired to know that they can do the same things and even maybe even achieve more than me. So, yeah, I, I think just me being able to do things is like a big thing in itself. And Rebecca, how is your, your own music an expression of identity and culture and how important is it for you to represent these? Why is that important? In my last song I just released, it's a song called Brown Girl Chronicles. It's a song that I wrote about being um, a brown girl from from Western Sydney and, you know, being in this industry, um, which can be a hard thing sometimes. And it was just me talking about um, my experiences, my personal experiences. Throughout the song... I'm like kind of rapping and then in the chorus I go um who the lyrics say um who's going to take a leap when the grass is high and the water is deep can you admit defeat if the world against you since your heart could beat so it's kind of me talking about me just growing up and like already having kind of like boundaries put upon me just as being a cold person and then me saying I don't rely on riding waves I don't rely on riding waves it's kind of like me just talking about not just achieving things because I'm Aboriginal or it's kind of me just saying I do things because I work hard and I want to pave a way for my people. You've been listening to City Central by Red Bull. Next up, we visit one of the world's biggest collections of vintage synthesizers and speak with pioneering composer and sound designer Suzanne Chiani to find out what the future sounds like. City Central was created by Lauren Taylor and Simon Winkler with additional production assistance by Matthew Wilson and music by Andrush.